Hello, this is Terry. Terry, it's Joey Jungola. What's up, Joey? How are you doing, my friend? Good. How are you doing, sir? Thank you for taking the time. Really, really mean that. This is insurance in your own words from the people who are living and breathing it every day and are struggling to figure out where this industry is going and what they need to do to stay ahead. Hosted by me, Joey Jungola. Let's get into it. You know, my clients that are bigger though, I have one tech company that's $45,000 at premium because they do software and coding and they have intellectual property rights and, and they have a director's and officer's policy because they got a round of funding and that costs 20 grand. And Stop right there, Terry, because what you just said sounded really important. And that was my buddy, Terry Greer over at Strive Insurance down in the great state of Texas. And if you remember from the last episode, Terry was on talking about, will your dream niche love you back? And maybe I gave Terry a little bit of a hard time as far as the probability of his niche working out. But now we hear actually where the validity of it might be coming to fruition. And he's talking about this tech company and what exactly they have, their needs, that make them stand out among the two to three to four to five thousand dollar premium tech companies that he was doing. And it's all about figuring out. And I think that's I think because we're in it day to day so often we sometimes have a hard time kind of peeking our head up above the weeds and seeing actually what these things are. What these triggers are that allows us to easily identify a company that is going to meet that requirement, that premium requirement to make the niche love you back in a much more satisfying way. And obviously that means profitable, right? Um, If you weren't picking up on that. It's that trigger that we're not looking for, right? We're not even thinking that it exists, one and two, how to pull it. And the interesting part is is maybe it's because you're not familiar enough with the industry, with the niche, to know what the trigger is to make an account that much bigger because that's going to make every difference in the world from having just an average ho-hum, again, four or $5,000 premium client and having a big-time account that really changes the way you do business. Well, if it happens, that, that's a trigger, right? That's a trigger point for them not knowing. Generally, it's a, it's a larger entity giving a smaller startup, hey, here's $5 million. But for me to do that, we're going to create a new company, and we're going to take part ownership of that company. And we want a director's and officer's policy, obviously, so that if you, as the, as the smaller entity, do something stupid with the money and we get sued, we don't want to get sued. So the DNO policy covers us for, for that. I'm sure you probably already know what that what a DNO policy is. But yes, that's a trigger point. Absolutely. Don't underestimate my commercial ignorance, Terry. Believe you me, uh, I don't know what a, well, I didn't know what a director's and officer's policy was until you just told me. And if you remember really subtly in the first clip, Terry told us that this company needed this director's and officer's policy because they have received funding. Um, so that policy was $20,000 in premium just by itself. And that's probably something guessing a lot of agents aren't going after or know about 
or whatever it is, right? There's something in every niche that makes that company, again, double in, si- double in premium, right? Is there something that a certain industry needs that just exponentially jumps the value of the policy, right? So right off the bat, we're hearing that there's a $20,000 policy just on the DNO. And I love how we have something's in O's, whatever, ENO, NNO, DNO, LNO. We have just a lot of those, I feel like. ENS was what uh, uh, Eli was talking about on the previous episode. Uh, a lot of letter and letters kind of action going on in the commercial insurance industry. So if you're a fan of letter on letter stuff, we've got a lot of that for you. But it's this DNO trigger that I find fascinating because it's leveraging that name value, right? And I told Terry this, it's it's okay, fine. You want to you want to do tech companies and you want to make it extremely profitable. Well, first blog post, first video, first whatever I would write for tech companies to find me is what is a direct directors and officers policy and does my tech company need one in Texas or whatever, right? In California, in Washington, I would do that all over the place. And that's the type of information that is going to win you business because they sometimes might not be familiar with it. Again, you're dealing with tech companies who are, you know, again, a lot of times startups, they're inexperienced just in business in general. So they barely know that they need any type of business insurance, let alone uh, directors and officers policy. Now, obviously, if there's funding involved and there's, um, you know, white dudes and pipes and smoking jackets advising them, then there's a pretty good chance that they might suggest something and then that might tip them off. But then they might be looking for your blog post, right? So that is um, something to keep in mind on. And the other important thing to remember here is, is that it doesn't always have to start at the bottom. This DNO policy is the majority of the sale. If you work your way down from the top, it's easier to go downhill than it is to climb uphill. That's how I got this big tech company because they were like, oh, you handled the DNO, you're awesome. Oh, by the way, we have this DNO policy. Oh, by the way, we have this workman's comp. And it all trickled. What I'm learning is if you go higher, then you can get the trickle down versus getting a little squeaky small policy and think you're going to bubble up. It's a lot easier to go top down than it is to go from bottom up. Don't you think? Again, Terry, I don't know. I sell health insurance and I sell it to people one-on-one. So I'm more about volume than I am about top down sort of thing. So completely different world, but hearing you talk about it, yes, I think it makes a whole lot more sense because you've already handled the biggest need well. So they're going to automatically assume that you're capable of handling something that is smaller. Maybe they don't know that or not, but if you start out, you know, with something teeny tiny uh, and then they, you know, as you, you know, again, responsibility, right? I can trust my kid to watch my six month old baby for like three minutes while I run upstairs to do something, but I'm not going to leave the house for two hours and leave the six year old and the six month old by themselves. Right. Uh, so as the responsibility grows, my questioning and everything gets a little bit like, Hey, well, wait a second. This is probably a recipe for disaster. So if you've positioned yourself as somebody that can only handle the small stuff, then they're going to treat you as such. They're going to treat you like a six year old watching a six month old baby for five minutes while you run upstairs. Right. 
that's going to, all right, again, you can overcome these sorts of things, but it's obviously much easier to start from the top with that instant credibility to be able to handle almost anything because they assume that you've, you've handled the big ticket item that you can handle the small stuff. You know, you can sell them the, the plasma TV, but you can also sell them the HDMI cable to hook the thing up, right? Um, it's that type of thinking that's going to work. And now where this actually happens to be kind of a, a double dip sweet spot here for Terry is that that big thing also happens to be the trigger for what escalates the policy to be something that, you know, you never thought it might be because the, the DNO is what makes the, that tech company exponentially more valuable, more profitable. Um, and until you find out what that is for your niche, what your DNO policy is for your niche, you'll continually kind of struggle. So again, I, we, I run into a lot of people that talk about farm insurance and I haven't talked to an agent that they have mentioned a policy, a type of coverage that would be required in a farm policy that, that exponentially increases the value outside of just the size of the farm itself. I'm sure there's some type of equipment, farming equipment that would need to be covered differently or some type of livestock or crop that might make it more pro I, I don't know right I, I might be sounding very foolish right now but there's something that that business some type of process procedure equipment or you know uh, inventory that they're going to have that is going to be different from the average five thousand dollar premium farm and it's figuring that out every again every commercial niche there's I, I can't imagine right there's got to be something that separates the big time players from the small time players. And even better, you know, in Terry's case, that separation isn't necessarily, I mean, I guess maybe, you know, if, if a company's receiving funding, they might think they're maybe a little more important than they are, but they're that, you know, again, trigger point, if there's, if there's funding involved, then there's, you know, usually a DNO policy that probably needs to be there. It's figuring out what that is, right? It's what separates somebody from the rest, because if, you can't figure that out, then you're just going to be kind of looking blind. And there's a lot of things coming out that are addressing this uh, as far as market appetite kind of tools. Uh, I know Jason's had the dude from Ivan's on his podcast a ways back talking about the tool that they're creating. I know that we've talked with um, our, our people from UIAA that have kind of, I don't know if they have a, have a tool necessary, but they will, you know, classify the premium size of what they think, you know, the, the, the companies are, the industries are. And so I, I think there's a lot of tools available to make this a whole lot easier to where all we've got to do is just say, I want this, this, and this. And I think people are going to give us that information and then we just got to go get it. Right. I mean, that, so, I mean, half of the prospecting work is already done for us. And, um, I mean, really that's it. Right. I mean, like, what else is there? You know that it's it's going to be a very profitable sale. You know who is out there available for you, and you you know how to speak your language, assuming that you you know kind of already work in this area. Even if you don't, right? Start, and you know this is something that you know. Obviously, listening to Terry talk there, he's he's into this, right? He's talking about you know, hey, this is what he knows, and it's just, are you going to be brave enough? Are you going to take the chances to actually prove? your worth, lack of a better term, um, without them knowing who you are, right? Just put it out there for them to find you. I used this analogy the other day on a call 
it's it's about filling up the bucket, right? And how full or how high can you fill that bucket before they become a client? Because the fuller it gets before they become a client, the less you have to worry about them leaving you for somebody else, right? If you've got that thing overflowing before they've even become a client, then you've got a lot of water to lose before you have to worry about anything. But you have to go through those steps first, right? To figure that out and 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 understanding the trigger and where to start the sale and and then ultimately how to fill the bucket are all ways that you're going to be able to dramatically change the way that you approach your commercial niche and ultimately and I guess I don't really know what the word would be successfully, happily, whatever you're going to figure out how to make more money on that niche because it's going to fit the criteria that you need. The premium is going to be there. The niche is going to be there. And you're going to be starting from the top. You're going to be trickling it down. And you're going to be a lot more happy with the overall work because you're not grinding it out on policies over and over again. You're going to have a bigger, bigger account. And you're just going to probably enjoy selling that business a lot more. All right, so I was talking to Jason yesterday, and we were looking over the list of people that were already coming to Grow Labs. And he's like, hey, I heard you mention on the podcast that we were already like a little over half full. I was like, I thought you were just kind of BSing, and um, which I'm surprised because of the two that is going to pr- provide BS, it's usually Jason more than me. He's, he's a little bit more of the exaggerator than I am. He does it. He gets it honestly. I don't you know. They always say he gets it honestly. And Jason just gets too excited. I'm, I'm a less of a, a excited exaggerator, I would say. But um, outside of a few uh, lazy Mastermind members who have yet to officially tell us that they're coming. Uh, and again, remember, Mastermind members do get to come for free. Uh, your ticket is included with your Mastermind membership. If you sign up as a Mastermind member today, June the 1st, uh, you will be able to uh, attend Girl Labs for free. So if you've been on the fence about jumping into the mastermind and mixing it up with all the cool people you've heard on this podcast and some that you haven't, um, and, and, and being part of that uh, very small, very uh, motivated community, uh, today would be the day to do it. Um, otherwise, you're going to obviously attend Grow Lab either way. I would love to see you there either way, whether you're not a Mastermind member. But uh, again, uh, we are at, I guess, what was my number? Um, yeah, we are at 65 people already and so that means um my math uh 35 people are left so we have 35 spots left it's the first of june this thing doesn't happen until the end of october so um and and jason and i have a list of about 15 or 20 agents that we think are pretty close and we're gonna be reaching out to them to, to make sure that we should be saving a spot for them so I'm not, I'm not even close to kidding you that uh, once we fill up the 100, we're not going to be able to. So I really want you to have the opportunity to come and hang out with Jason and I um, in Charlotte, North Carolina, October 24th and 25th. Go to growlab2017.com to do that or head on over to growprogram.com slash mastermind uh, to jump into the mastermind today if you want to come for free. Take it easy. Look forward to seeing you guys there. <laughs>